You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. And welcome in to Minor Talk. Salvador Montes here along with Zay. Uh, shout out to Zay doing an amazing job. Recently onboarded as well. Killing it. Congratulations, eh? Super proud of you. Uh, so that's number one. I wanted to start it off. I know this is minor talk, but uh, minor for real. 16 years old, producer, columnist, multimedia journalist, photographer, you name <laughs> it. This guy's doing it all. Zay, welcome to the team officially, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun internship, and I'm glad it's, it's officially official, you know? There we go. There we go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is Minor Talk here, and uh, we'll get into everything in just a bit. And uh, to my understanding, we also have uh, Adrian Broadus on the line, who will get on the line in a bit as well, out from... Um from Super Bowl land, so I gotta I gotta ask him if he's seen any Detroit Lions there. Probably not, <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, however, uh, all that stuff is fun, right? But we got to get down to it in a bit. Sixty-two to fifty-three, uh, UTEP falling to Charlotte over at the Haskins Center, and uh, we'll dive into the numbers here. We'll also check Twitter. We'll check out just about everything that we can here on Minor Talk. Uh, try to get the gauge of this uh, UTEP basketball uh, fandom, so to speak. And as soon as I have this pulled up, we'll have everything else lined up. But while we have uh, Adrian uh, coming in on the line, before we bring Adrian on, I do want to let you know Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. So for home, auto, and life insurance needs, visit OscarArietaAgency.com. And uh, with that being said, just like Allstate, you're in good hands with this guy right here, Adrian Broadus, joining us live from the state of Arizona. My man, A.B., how's it going? Oh, one second. I got to punch him on. That's my fault. I'm usually on the other side. Let's see here. There we go. I think we got him now. A.B., what's going on? What's going on, Sal Montes? What's going on, UTEP Zay? It's great to hear from both of you guys. You guys are killing it on Minor Talk as usual. Uh, Sal, you sound great in the host booth. I, I love, I love how you sound, bro. You're killing it right Thank now. Thank you. I'm it's, not trying to gas you up too much, but it's so uh, weird over Zay, here. Great stuff is, <laughs> uh, Zay, great stuff as always uh, to you as well. And guys, I, I just want to ask you guys both this question. I think this is uh, how you guys can set the tone for Minor Talk, but. Um, Who's going to be in on this UTEP basketball team? Because I'm, I'm officially out. I mean, losing at home against Charlotte, an indefinite suspension for Mario McKinney Jr., uh, it's a tough it's tough right now for UTEP men's basketball, and they're not going to quit. UTEP head coach Joe Golding's not going, going to quit. But minor fans right now feel low about this team, and I, I understand this team has gone through a lot of adversity. It, it needs a lot more uh, help when it comes to talent. But we'll, we'll have to see when it comes to this team how they rally back after this loss. I, I don't really know how they do it, um, knowing that they have a far inferior opponent coming up on Saturday, but it's on the road, which UTEP has not been yeah. good at. And I don't know where UTEP goes from here. I, I'm, I'm a little worried. They've got a tough upcoming road stretch after that UTSA game. And uh, for the minors and UTEP men's basketball team, I think we might have to start turning the page and looking to next year. Who's Who wants to be a UTEP minor and who, who wants to – um, kind of sit, sit on the sidelines and, uh, you know, enter the transfer portal when this is all said and done. Yeah, definitely. And um, and that's a great question, right? Looking at the rest of the season, and I, I, I put up a Twitter poll online. I got to correct it because I thought it was six games left, and it's actually seven. Uh, but we, we kind of talked about this earlier today and um, kind of that over-under part when it comes to the number of wins on the season, right? And, and 14 was the number that we came up with regarding that over-under. And looking at the rest of the schedule, uh, UTSA on the road, UAB, North Texas at home, FIU, FAU, the, the Florida road trip right all of that of course is on the road then they close it out against western and um, and middle tennessee so with seven games left and they're currently at 11 wins it's 14 over under kind of the right number for over under and if it is mm. would you say it's over or under on the number of wins oh man that's a great question sal i mean they're at 11 right now um, I, I look at the rest of their schedule. I'm worried about the road games again. I'm worried about the tough competition. But maybe to close out the season, that's where they can sneak in and find two more wins. Uh, I still like to think optimist, uh, kind of like an optimist, and think that they win against UTSA on Saturday. 
But other than that, uh, I, I'm, it's hard to find those wins. So I will just stick at 14 right then and there. Like maybe I'll just I'll push right there. No over-under. I'll stay at 14 as far as their total wins. And before the season started, I, I predicted it 17 wins. So it, it's under what my season prediction was for this UTEP men's basketball team. Uh, guys, I, I, I just want to l- uh, leave this with you all. Um, first off, thank you all for uh, covering on the show today and Saturday while we're here at Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, we saw Aiden Hutchinson, and I made sure to tell there him we go. how much of a diehard Lions <laughs> Lion fan you are, Sal. So uh, I got I got to throw that in there for you as well. And uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of the show. I, I don't want to take too much of the time here. I, I want to defer it to you guys, but I also want to say that uh, this UTEP men's basketball team needs to figure some things out, and I, I don't know if it's uh, too late in the season for them to do so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But well, we appreciate you. Reaching out to us, ringing in, Adrian. You know where we're at. Feel free to hit us up anytime and uh, have some fun out there, man. Also, too, um, why does Gronk look so small next to you, man? You you got the muscles <laughs> making him look puny. So I got to give you a big shout out there. <laughs> that that green suit? Come on, man. I should have I should have uh, coordinated with him. I, I messed up on that. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Well, thank you guys. You guys have a great night. I'll take you guys. Take care. Okay. Right on. Thank you, Adrian. That's uh, Adrian Broadus, the host of Minor Talk. Join Joining us from um, from Phoenix, Arizona, out there in uh, Super Bowl land. And, um, yeah, great call there, of course. Great insight, Zay. And um, regarding that, just kind of touching on what he said in terms of being out, where are you at on this basketball team? Are you in or out? Well, you know, it's tough to say, right? You, I want to I be in, but I'm leaning towards out right now. I mean, this team just – they don't have offense. And, you know, a team that can't shoot threes, checking up 15 threes a game and only making one, that's, that's tough, right? That's tough to watch. It's tough to – it's just tough. They don't have any offense. They don't have that guy who could just be like, hey, I'm yeah. going to get you a bucket here. And I'm going to say out, man. I'm going to say out. Yeah, and it's really tough, too, especially with the news hearing um, during the pregame show that uh, guard Mario McKinney Jr., um, and it's interesting. So the the official wording is indefinite suspension, and when it was brought up, um, the word before that that was used was dismissal, and then Coach uh, Golding was quick to correct and say indefinite suspension. But now it sheds more – there's no reason as to why, but it sheds more light as to why he was benched, um, you know, the last game. And and regarding the the shot – making right that you just brought up I've always thought throughout the year that Mario McKinney offensively is the best guard on the team but with him being gone um, and even when he was playing the numbers did not did not show uh, what I believe that you know I think the talent's there but ultimately it just didn't uh, work out in the games that he did play and ultimately he's not playing now so um, where do you think that shot making is going to come from or is it going to have to be a collective unit and and whoever gets hot you kind of ride that hot hand uh, throughout the game well you know I think maybe it can come from somebody like Tay Hardy Shamar Givens you know those are the guys yeah. that you, coming into this year you're like okay those are going to be those guys that are going to get you a bucket when you need one and it really just hasn't shown right Hardy can drop 20 maybe every few games it's going to be a little inconsistent at times and you know without Rio it's tough they don't have really another guard who can score like him you know early in the season you saw hey maybe Mario McKinney can be that guy for this team and in conference play it's dwindled out and it was good to see Malik Zachary back on the floor. You know, he played a good game. He played really solid minutes for, at, as a backup yeah. point guard. But uh, I'd say Tay Hardy can probably be that guy who can get you a bucket, but it, he just hasn't shown it so far. Yeah, and especially in abundance, too. I think that's the, the hard part is trying to ask for too much from, from somebody. Is um, At this point, it's kind of like you you see what this team is, and, and if they could crack more than – more than 60 it's a good offensive night like we know the bread and butter is the defense and as crazy as it sounds I know they gave up the amount of threes that they did 13 out of 27 giving up nine in the first half but you only allow 62 points that's that's an interesting stat I don't I don't I have to look at some archives and see what other game has happened where you only score 62 points but you get 13 threes out of it that's an incredible job by by Charlotte just kind of you know riding that wave throughout the game but uh, early on Zay with uh, Charlotte and we'll check Twitter in a bit also uh, our line is 915-505-6009 if you want to get into minor talk uh, but just kind of looking at the um, at the numbers here um, those threes that Charlotte got off in the first half was um 
it was crazy. It was kind of like when you when it went up, you knew it was going to go in. Just try to get back on offense, and then when you do turnover, next thing you know, it's another three. So, getting in that hole early on, how much of it um, do you think played as a big factor when they eventually the miners uh, were trying to claw back into this with the final minutes? Yeah, you know, in the first half, Charlotte, you know, they ended the half. They went 10 for 20 from the field, and they went 9 of 18 from deep. So you don't see stuff like that happening. And at that point, UTIP is only down four, right? So you're like, hey, regardless, you know, the threes are going to fizzle out. And, hey, they did in the second half, but UTEP really didn't take advantage of that, right? When UTEP was was locking in defensively and they were, they were, um, excuse me, they were, they they got Charlotte on a scoring drought. They didn't really capitalize on that down the stretch. And that's that was kind of what, what hurt the Miners. Yeah, and and I'm looking at the final um, the final stretch. Let's see here, the final three minutes uh, when it came down to it. Uh, so it was 27 to let's take a look here, 27 to 25. The miners were up, and then um, up next it was uh, 28 to 27. Uh, Charlotte going ahead on a three from Bryce Williams at the 217 mark. Uh, next thing you know, Solomon hits a jumper. Miners are up by one, but then Charlotte uh, able to go on a big run uh, near the end of the half and uh, even getting that three. Uh, you know to close out the first half it was kind of like the the icing on the cake so to speak so uh with uh with patterson killing it and basically the entire charlotte team uh looking at the numbers across the board just great balance when you're looking at the 49ers uh, of course we know gibson 15 points five for seven from beyond the arc uh Milicic jr nine points to his credit uh tied with a uh, bryce williams nine points for the second um leading scorer, so to speak. And then uh, Folks and Patterson getting eight points to their credit. A good, good balance there for Charlotte. And then when you look at the minors, just two guys, um, you know, Charlotte had one guy crack more than uh, 10 points. Uh, but for um, for UTEP, they had two guys crack the double-digit mark. But aside from that, their next leading scorer was uh, Sibley with only six. So that balance, a big, big difference between the two clubs tonight. Yeah, you know, Charlotte, they they could get points from anybody. I think that's what really set them apart, you know, early in the second quarter, I mean the second half that they really went out on that on that big time run to extend the lead to 18, I think at one point and uh Yeah. That was big. That was a big time. That was big cuz you realize, hey, UTEP's really not going to be able to get back into this game regardless of what happens, you know, regardless of Charlotte, you know, goes on a scoring drought and when UTEP did get back into this game, they were down by six at one point down the stretch. They didn't score in the last yeah. two minutes and 24 seconds. I mean, that's a no-no when you're down six and you have a chance to get that win. Yeah, and the momentum was on your side, as crazy as that as that side turned. Being down 18 and now you have a chance and you're down six. And we'll, we'll touch more on that um, you know, throughout the rest of Minor Talk. I, I do want to get over to Twitter for a bit, read some tweets, and uh, we'll start off with this one here, uh, Pinky. And this was... This might have been near the end of the game or when they were down 18, somewhere around there. So it was over an hour ago. But Pinky tweets, this is unbelievable. And it was a reply to uh, 20 of your tweets as well. Um, going down Twitter as well, looking at uh, Poncho, he puts, uh, UTEP basketball got embarrassed today. It seems like Coach Golding keeps getting outcoached. One for 15 from three is ridiculous. Hashtag minor talk. Yeah, ridiculous for sure. I mean, you put up 15 and you only make one. And the other team... Forget the first half going 9 for 18, but they go 4 for 9 in the second half. Basically, a couple minutes of, of three-point shooting, you know, outlasts what, what you did as a team. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely not a good look. Uh, Tristan Pence tweets us, The UTEP basketball team continues to regress. Coach Golding and his staff have done a poor job recruiting and coaching since they were hired. I really like Coach G, and I hope he turns things around, but he isn't getting the job done so far. 10th place in Conference USA is unacceptable. Wow, 10th place. That just dawned on me. 10th place in this conference. I mean, as as tough as this conference can be, we know what the top tier is like, but where do you stand on that in terms of um, how this team's been in conference play this year? Yeah, you know, at the start of conference play, when they really started it early in the season, December 17th, I think, that they played Louisiana Tech, and they they just they got it out to win that game. I was like, hey, maybe maybe yeah. they can get in the, the upper half of this league, you know. And then the Kent State game happens, the UAB game happens, and you're like, okay, they were right there with good top 50 teams. And then 
you know, down the stretch and down these last couple of games, you kind of realize, hey, UTEP's going to make any game close, right? Any conference game close. But at the end of the day, the better team's going to win in the end. Yeah. And, and we've seen that, right? We've seen UTEP come back from when they were down at Middle Tennessee. They cut it to two, and then they just they stall at the end. Western Kentucky, same thing. You know, they, they cut it to, I think, five at one point. It's just it, mm-hmm. it never worked out for them, you know, so – I think it's been really lackluster. I understand the the frustration with fans, and uh, it's warranted. But you got to give Coach D time, like he said. Yeah, lo- looking at the standings right now, um, Florida Atlantic number one in the conference, as expected. Right, <laughs> they're they're killing it. Uh, North Texas with a big win today, double overtime against UAB. That was a good game. Uh, but so they're second place. Middle Tennessee third. Uh, who the Miners play near that final stretch? Um, they have UAB. Uh, at number four, FIU standing in at number five, which is interesting. Looking at the record, um, thirteen and twelve, so obviously not the best record overall in the conference. But at seven and seven, <laughs> they're in fifth place. So I know that the top tier is really good, but when you have your fifth place team barely at five hundred in, in conference play, I think that says more. Like as good as the top three or four are in conference play. The rest is just abysmal. So we, we look at FIU at fifth place, um, La Tech sixth, Rice uh, tied for sixth, but uh, La Tech getting the tiebreaker. Western, who the Miners play in that final stretch at home. Uh, but, you know, the bottom three, here it is, Charlotte. They are um, right here looking at it. This is, if UTEP is 10th, uh, Charlotte is ninth place. They're five and eight. Miners just lost to them. UTEP at 10th at four and nine. And then um, UTSA, Last, I, I don't think anybody's going to touch UTSA. They're one in thirteen. They're riding a ten-game losing streak. But the Miners, uh, the second poorest team within the last five games, uh, on a five-game losing streak as well. So definitely not something to um, to admire there. Going further on Twitter, Kevin at SleepyCat5. I believe in Coach Golding at 100%, but this has got to get better. Finishing dead last in the conference has never been our brand of basketball. Here's to hoping the transfer portal is our friend this offseason rather than our enemy. That's a good tweet. And, and with the transfer portal, it's interesting because I'm, I'm for player empowerment. And I've said this all the time, and I'll say it again here on this episode where, yes, we know the transfer portal has hurt them, but it's also helped them. I mean, we look at some of the stars throughout the past years. And they've been products of the transfer portal. I'll name one here. Jamal Biennemi came to UTEP via the uh, the transfer portal from Oklahoma. Keontae Kennedy, we know about Keontae Kennedy there. And it hurt UTEP in the end because he did leave with the transfer portal. But some of the best success under Golding when Keontae Kennedy was in the lineup as well. We also mentioned Jamal Biennemi. Sule Boom, transfer portal product. Um, I know I'm going to forget some names. If, if, you, if you're listening, tweet us who else it is. Uh, Titus Verhoeven is another one. The, the list just goes on and on and on with the transfer portal. But in terms of that, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal as far as how it can impact UTEP this offseason? Yeah, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a fan of the transfer portal. I know a lot of UTEP fans aren't. You know, I get it. It's tough to see your favorite players leave, walk away from this program. But at the same time, you know, like you said, you're bringing in talent from the transfer portal. So the transfer portal, it can be your friend at times. It can be your enemy at times. But at the end of the day, I think it's it's good uh, for college basketball, I think it's good for college athletics. As much, as as wild as that may seem, I, I do I like the transfer portal, yeah. and um, I think if UTEP uses it right, it could easily be a friend, right? I don't see that. I don't think 10, 11 players are going to leave UTEP yearly. Maybe five or six, mm-hmm. and maybe a lot of them are going to be you know buried on the bench. I don't think the transfer portal is going to hit UTEP as hard as it did last year. And, and you know what? I used this analogy uh, last time, and I'll bring it up again. It, I find myself using this a lot. I don't know why. Probably because it sounds cool, but like if you're flipping a, a quarter, you're flipping a coin, heads is good, tails is bad. Whatever you get, you get. You're not going to blame the quarter. It's it's whatever you get. So uh, that's what I think of the transfer portal. Like it's either it's one or the other. That there's never no right, uh, right down the middle answer uh, for it. So uh, yeah, that's what we have so far on minor talk. Looking at some of the stats here. Um, I want to talk about uh, Jamari Sibley, and, and I, in my opinion, I think Jamari Sibley had a lot of meaningful minutes today. I think it was a wake-up game. He went out there and uh, you know showed some some promise for more playing time. In my opinion, numbers don't pop out. Don't get me wrong, six points, three for seven, but. I think his play goes beyond the numbers. He gets three steals. He uh, gets an assist to his credit. Only one foul. And, and I think, in my opinion, the whistle was was a bit light. 
at times. Some calls were egregious, as usual, on both sides. But for, for Jamari Sibley, only 17 minutes, but probably the best 17 minutes he's played all year. Yeah, you know, it's good to see Sibley back in the lineup, you know, playing meaningful minutes. You know, he had six points and, like you said, three steals. That's a lot of steals, right? To have in 17 minutes, he, he was playing good defense, and I think that was something that Joe Golden, you know, probably that was one of the reasons he wasn't playing as much. He really didn't fit that defensive-type player, and uh, he played. He was a good defender today. Uh, he got he got some good boards, and he just played his great. He, he played his best game of the season in that little in that little span. I think yeah, he played his best seventeen minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I said, it's it's important for this team to stick together, stay together, stay intact as the season goes on. And it's good to see someone who was you know at once buried on the bench back on the court, and uh, that's big for this team. Yeah, yeah, definitely big time. And uh, another guy who got in the game and had some meaningful play as well. Um, Again, the numbers don't pop out crazy, but when you're only scoring 53 as a team, I think scoring-wise we could kind of put things aside here. But uh, Malik Zachary, I I think he stepped in, had a lot of promise in the minutes that he played, only 12 minutes tonight, but um, a steal to his credit. And the Miners, they did get more steals than Charlotte tonight, 10 steals to to 6. So they were active on the defensive end despite allowing the number of threes that they did. But uh, Malik Zachary kind of stepping in. I I don't know if it's because McKinney didn't play that Zachary got these minutes. It probably is because Coach Golding mentioned, um, you know, guys having to step up and earn more minutes. But with Malik Zachary, hoping he could get some more minutes after the performance tonight. Yeah, me too. You know, he stepped into that backup point guard role very, very nice. You know, he's one of the only minors that had a positive plus minus this whole game. So, you know, he was with he was away from the team for a couple of times for personal reasons. And Joe Golding has said it, you know, numerous times that they, they completely support him. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see him back with the team and playing meaningful minutes. I think uh, him and Lemus, you know, they're the only players with a positive plus minus, like I said. And when UTEP really got back into the game, it was those two guys playing really just yes. really really good minutes playing really good defense and uh it's good to see him back in in the lineup definitely definitely and uh that that's zay right there the man the new onboard here at 600 espn el paso doing incredible and uh yeah definitely uh definitely got to give a shout out to malik zachary and demar sibley stepping up in a big way um tonight out at the haskins center so uh that's what we have for now we're gonna take a small break here we'll return with some more minor talk want to remind you you can tweet us at 600 espn el paso be sure to use the hashtag minor talk you can give us a call 915 915- Five zero five six zero zero nine. And uh, before we take a quick break, want to remind you once more: Miter Talk is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency for home, auto, and life insurance needs. Visit OscarArietaAgency.com. That's what we have for now. We'll take a quick break. Come back, do some more Miter Talk, dive into some more numbers, talk about what you want to talk about. Also, got to give a shout out to the UTEP women's basketball team getting it done. On the road, UTEP Zay sneaking out of class to go watch this game. <laughs> no, he, he didn't do that. Uh, if you're listening, uh, school district, I promise you, he 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 was there in school. I don't know how, but I know he was. <laughs> but yes, that's what we have for now. We'll come back in a bit with some more Mind to Talk, and you're listening to it right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. And welcome back to Minor Talk. Salvador Montes here along with Zay uh, running the boards for tonight. It's a Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. want to remind you Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency for home, auto, and life insurance needs. Visit OscarArietaAgency.com. And uh, yeah, we're live right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. The Miners falling to the Niners out at the Haskins Center tonight. 62 to 53. This is the fifth straight loss for Coach Golding and also uh, the most under the Golding era when it comes to consecutive losses in a row. We'll read some more tweets in a bit, uh, but what we want to do here, want to touch on a game yesterday uh, that took place. The UTEP women on the road at Halton Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. They would get it done over Charlotte 70 to 64. And kind of looking at this stretch, um, you know, basically since January 19. 
19th. Um, it was a loss at FIU, but it was two points. They beat FAU by one in overtime. Next game, three-point game, they lose to North Texas 74-71. to They win a game by three points against the 21st-ranked Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders 65-62. to Next game, a loss by two points, 77-75 to against Western, but they bounced back yesterday 70-64. to All of that just to say... That stretch has been brutal. It's been a lot of close games here. But the UTEP women's day uh, showing some promise and kind of um, that they can turn that corner to win. I want to say consistently, but but win important games, uh, not only in February and hopefully onward after that. But, um, you know, kind of turning that corner to, to stay one of the top tier teams in Conference USA. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about U- UTEP and their men's basketball team and Conference USA men's basketball as, you know, the conference being a gauntlet. And in the past years, uh, Conference USA women's basketball it hasn't been amazing. But this year, it's really, mm-hmm. really good. It's really good. It, it's, a, it's a gauntlet, like, like, uh, like I just mentioned. And, you know, anybody from, from three to, to nine can beat anybody on any given day, mm-hmm. which has made every game for UTEP that they've won that much better, right? That much better. But it's also made every loss sting that much more. So, uh, you know, the game was on a weird time Wednesday at a, at a 4 o'clock mountain time. And, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Kevin Baker said, hey, you know, they made a deal with Charlotte that, hey, we're going to make the our home game against you guys at 1 p.m. You're going to make ours at, at 6 p.m. your time. That way you can get better travel. You know, you got to come from Charlotte to, yeah. to El Paso for this game. And, uh, you know, UTEP bounced out to an early 10-point uh, deficit, down 21-11 to 11 at one point. But they fought back in the second quarter. They took a 33-29 lead at halftime. You know, in the third quarter, we really saw this team, what they can be. You know, they, they played so good. You know, they stretched the lead out to as much as 16 at one point. And, uh, you know, as we said in the past, you know, they, they, they have trouble closing out games. And you saw that. Yeah. You know, Charlotte cut it to three at one point in the fourth quarter. But we want to harp on them for not closing out games good. But at the same time, they did close this game out in a sense. They hit, you know, their last four shots to yeah. to make the, to distance themselves down the stretch, and they won by six. So this team is really good. We know that. It's just the fact that, hey, are you going to close this game when you need to close yeah. it? Are you going to shut them out when you need to shut them out? And they really haven't done that. It, it, and you know what, too? We're talking about this game here against Charlotte, them getting the win 70-64, to 64, but... Basically, if they would have done just a, a glimpse of what they did tonight um, against Western Kentucky the other night, that 19 points, you're up going into the fourth quarter. And um, and give credit to Western Kentucky. I mean, they're the second-best team in the standings. Miners, Miners are third. But um, that's why they are the second-best team in Conference USA because they're able to um, get these wins on the road in crunch time. So for the Miners, I think that's that next step, right? They showed it against Middle Tennessee with the upset. Uh, Jazzy on Jackson, a Sports Center top 10 nominee, yep. definitely. Uh, but then you flip it around, and then the next night, uh, not not next night, but the next game, dropping it to Western Kentucky in that fashion. Uh, but then bouncing back today against Charlotte, too. I, I think it shows the competition level that you were mentioning in a Conference USA for the women's side of things. But also, too, I'm wondering how much of it is uh, just the women being completely gassed because I'm looking at the line here. And only seven players crack the rotation. There's there's numerous reasons as to why, but uh, for them to have a seven-player uh, rotation and with these numbers, 10 for 20 from free throw, 2 for 15 from three, and they still get it done, this is incredible because obviously we, Coach Baker will say, hey, we want it to be as efficient as possible, take care of the ball, but when you can play an ugly game and still come out on top, that speaks volumes to not only uh, the coaching, but the identity of the team. Yeah, you know, uh, injuries have really kind of demolished this team. Sadly, yeah. you know, if this team was fully healthy, they'd probably be one of the best in conference, you would say, if not the best. You know, Mari yeah. Petrie, she went, er- she went out early in the season with a concussion. She hasn't returned. She's arguably their best player. And then, you know, you still haven't seen your two Juco transfers that you got this offseason. They, they're they yeah. still rehabbing from injuries and just a lot of injuries to role players. You know, we came into the season saying, hey, this team's going to be deep. They're going to have a lot of depth. And luckily, luckily they did because if they didn't, you know, they, they probably wouldn't be third place in conference to say right now so you know only only winning games with only seven players is tough it's tough to do when they did that you know winning games when you're when you're playing ugly 
and still winning that game, it's yeah. it's huge. I mean, it just shows how talented this team is. And, you know, regarding the, the Western Kentucky game, I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. It's you crazy. Know? <laughs> it yeah. is. I mean, when you talk about gas, I mean, the Miners just look gas. You know, Western Kentucky said, hey, we're, you're going to have to run with us. And UTEP did that for three quarters. But in that last quarter, you know, it was tough. It was tough for them to even get a shot up. They, they couldn't, they didn't make a single field goal in the fourth quarter. They all came from free throws. Yeah. All six of the points. And, uh, you know, it just makes that loss. It's tough. You're up by 19 against the second best team in conference USA, and you blow that. It sucks, but, you know, it's good to see them rebound, and uh, it's a nice win. Yeah, and that's what I like about it, right? Obviously, as painful as that loss was, how are you going to respond? And they do it with five players getting double digits and uh, the other two combining for double digits. Every player who cracked the rotation scored and um, you know, just kind of going down the list. um, Statistically speaking, if we want to go that route, uh, Sabina Lipe, uh, one for two from from field goal range, but um, you know, four points to her credit and she gets a steal. She also gets a rebound in that regard, so she's playing meaningful minutes. And uh, just going down the list, though, I, I think one player who I've been so impressed with not just this year but throughout her tenure considering who she's played with who she's learned alongside uh, from um i gotta give big big props to avery kraus uh you know we we know kind of just watching the team over the years her and katia gallegos you know left arm right arm you know right there best friends and um you know for her to to basically carry the torch so to speak if you want to put it that way um 10 points tonight and the balance that she's displayed and the efficiency that she plays with night in and night out i mean tonight or uh, yesterday night four for six uh two for three from the stripe and then also getting three rebounds looking at everything across the board two assists getting a block and a steal to her credit Avery Krause, just um, when it's all said and done, I think, uh, I don't want to say underappreciated. I, I think the true fans know the, the meaning that she has to this um, this team, but definitely, definitely has to be one of the most memorable minors in recent history. Yeah, for sure. You know, Coach Kevin Baker hasn't shied away from the fact that, hey, she was loyal through it all, through mm-hmm. all the, the, the twists and the turns, you know, through all the players, all her friends that left her. He said, you know, she's been loyal through it all, and we owe her the world, right? Because yeah. what she has done as a minor, she has progressed in every every aspect of her yeah. game, you know. You know, a couple of years ago, even last year, you know, she struggled. She struggled at times, and it could have been easy for her to just say, hey, maybe a change of scenery would be nice. But, no, she stuck it through, you know, and she's shown that, hey, she's the senior leader of this team. Even though she's yeah. a junior, she has another year of eligibility. We'll see what happens there. But she stuck it out. She's been the leader when times when this team, you know, is down. And mm-hmm. she made a clutch block that game, you know, this game when UTEP was only up six. Charlotte attempts a three. Makes the block, dishes it out to Jackson in, in transition to get the layup, puts him up by eight, and you know ultimately seals the game for the Miners. So she yeah. just makes plays like that, and uh, she 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 is one of the most under uh, appreciated Miners. I don't care, you know, even if the true fans appreciate her, I don't think people are realizing what she is doing. Definitely, definitely, and uh, we could go down the list of uh, of the performances that we saw. Lena Enrique, sixteen points. Uh, also, Aaron Wilson, eleven points to her credit. Um, you know, five hundred from uh, from the field. Enrique, uh, seven for twelve, and um, you know, just a lot of efficiency up and down. Uh, Jackson, five for eleven. Uh, tack two for six. Uh, Boyd five for eight. That was an incredible performance. But getting ahead of myself, and uh, just like Avery Krause and uh, Jazion Jackson, the magic number is ten here because we got to pause ten seconds for station identification. Uh, let's do that right now. You're listening to Minor Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso. And welcome back. Minor talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. UTEP Zay on the other side of the glass, running the boards, producing the show, doing amazing. This this guy does it all, man. Shout out to Zay. And uh, yeah, I'm Sal Montes here in the um, in the driver's seat. Adrian Broadus out in Arizona along with Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, they just texted me. They're probably going to get uh, back to the hotel around 5.30 in the morning. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. Um, and, and I got to give them credit. Uh, well, of course, right? Obviously, they do a great job all the time, but major, major props. Sports Talk has been a complete blast uh, this 
this week. Um, also, shout out to uh, yourself and Elaine Frank did the uh, show on Tuesday. You guys did amazing, man. I don't know what, what other feedback you got. Pretty sure it was great feedback, but you guys had some really, really great stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I had fun with Lane. You know, we felt we felt really good going into the show, and uh, we just talked like we were a couple homies, a couple homies there it chopping is. it up. You know, <laughs> about about you know baseball, basketball, whatever it was. So me and Lane had fun, and uh, I hope people enjoyed it. Barbershop stuff. That's awesome. And and I was um, I can't remember if I was driving home from I don't know if it was a store or what, but I, I was in the car basically, and. Um, I was listening when the um, when the question was asked, and you guys had a lot of good trivia too. And um, I, I was hitting one of the exits to get home. There it was, yeah. And one of the questions was, um, "Who who are the two teams that combine for one?" And I was going to call, but like my signal gets terrible around that part because I live by East Lake, and um, I was like, "It's the Steagles! It's the Steagles!" So tell me, I hope I'm right. I was like ninety nine point nine nine. Was it the Steagles? It was the Steagles, man. I there mean, we go. I, 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 when he told me it was the Steagles, I was like, "There's no way! Like, you have to be lying right now. There's no way they called them the Steagles." W- was your mind just like in in a million places because they just combined the two names? Like, why would you do that? Why? Like, they, they couldn't combine it, like like the Steelbirds or something. Yeah, but like <laughs> the Steagles. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Do you know? I don't know. I, I he Probably told like me I forgot, but like. Yeah. Steagles is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. so many cool names you can combine and you say, hey, Steagles. I mean, <laughs> it was funny, though. Yeah, it, the, it was the, funny. the Houston Texans and Cowboys combined. They're the, the Tex boys. Or the, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, and really quickly, too, before I get off on the big, big tangent and get lost, uh, the reason I know it's the Steagles because I got to give a big shout out to my cousins, uh, my cousin Sam, my cousin Jaime, my uncle uh, Robert, my Aunt Rose. Um, it's a big family, but they're big Steelers fans. So oh, okay. they know everything about the Steelers. Shout out to my little cousins, uh, Savion and Seth. Big Steelers fans as well. Love you, boys. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, let's get let's get back to the minors and uh, what's going on here. We're going to go back to Twitter right here. If you have some more tweets, uh, hit us up at 600 ESPN El Paso with the hashtag minor talk. Um, and, and I'm having to dig through these, and I'm sorry if I hadn't read them yet. Uh, we'll get to it, I promise. And if I haven't, feel free to, to blast me on Twitter. It's okay. Um, with this one from Chi-Town Minor. And um, with this one here, let me pull it up because there's a couple that I'm, I'm missing here. For Chi-Town Minor, uh, the original tweet was, maybe this recruiting class was never that good to begin with. Uh, Golding pumps up his guys and sold us on them, but they weren't highly recruited for a reason. And Coach openly said big men were too expensive in NIL world. Uh, clearly swung and missed on some targets when uh, Coach Pierre left. Uh, interesting tweet there. Um, going down the list here, Joe Chacon, my man. I knew it. Once I seen all these hashtags, I knew immediately who it was. I didn't even have to look at who it was from. Uh, but, yeah, Joe Chacon, he tweets us, need to stop this losing streak. Let's get it on Saturday. And this is my favorite part. Here we go. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Hashtag Zane is in training. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag waiting for Sal to post his cowardly lion's hat. Hey, man, shout out to Wizard of Oz. Hashtag haha. Hashtag just kidding, bro. Um, I'll just, the rest are hashtags. Nothing but love. Minor <laughs> ink crew. Welcome to the jungle. TGIF. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's 1010 here in the mountain time. And uh, obviously, if you're in central time, it's not 12 yet. But uh, if you're on the East Coast listening, yes, it is a uh, Friday. But you're right, though. Let's just call it Friday already. It's it's pre Friday, yeah. uh, pre Friday morning at that point. Um, this one from Joe Chacon. Uh, matter of fact, we'll get to that one in a bit. Uh, this one from Justin at 1997 Bread. I'm officially done with UTEP men's basketball this season. Don't really care what happens going forward this season and end the tourney. This program has been disappointing since the Barbie era. Wow. Hashtag life of a UTEP fan. Hashtag minor talk now i don't know if he means since barbie left because i obviously that was some fun basketball there were some some fun years i mean obviously the the lack of postseason success when i say postseason let's be real the real tournament the ncaa tournament um you know it's it's been it's been lackluster or basically non-existent so i definitely understand that um going over to some more tweets here joe chacon uh this in response to the tweet, and uh, we have a poll up right now 
Uh, I sent it out from mine, but uh, you can find it as well by looking um, up Zay's profile on Twitter. Uh, uh, if you want to find Adrian's, also 600 ESPN El Paso. But the poll is at 11 and 13, the Miners have seven regular season games remaining in the 2022 and 23 campaign for 14 wins on the year. Are you saying, and I, I did a typo, my bad, but you get the point. Are you saying over or under hashtag minor talk? And uh, we got 14 votes in almost uh, three quarters of the way, uh, just south of it. 71.4, let's say 71% at under uh, 14 wins with uh, currently 11 on the year, seven left, and um, about 29% saying uh, over. So interesting part there. Um, looking up some more tweets here. I do want to find this. Um, this one right here uh, from Joe Chacon. My man, you're on a roll. And this was in response to your original tweet, Zay, uh, where you tweeted out the final, uh, the one for 15 from deep, all that good stuff uh, or bad stuff, if you will. Uh, Joe Chacon <laughs> tweets us, um, I'm tired. Watching this team play in sports drives me nuts. When the lead when you get the lead, you need to find a way to keep it. Plain and simple, they play harder on defense than they do on offense. And I, I kind of want to touch on that because that caught my eye a bit. I wouldn't say that it's they play harder on defense than they do offense. I think um, I don't want to make any excuses. I don't want to say they're gassed on offense because of how much defense they play. I think what it just comes down to is uh, they're not a good offensive team at all, and, and their bread and butter is defense. And maybe they're not that solid on defense, um, you know, for a large part of the game, but that's what they do best. What, where do you stand on that in terms of um, not playing as hard on offense as they do on defense? Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, I think um, I don't think you can really try and play hard on offense. It's either you got it or you don't got it, right? Either mm -hmm. you're just a talented scorer and UTEP just doesn't have any talented scorers on this team. And, and I'm not trying to be rude by saying that. They just don't have a guy who can score the basketball at a high rate. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, they, they're they're solid defenders, but they give it their all on defense, right? I think we've all seen that. I think they, they really try as hard as they can defensively. And that's how they get back into games, right? They they they. They make teams go on on scoring droughts, and that's how they get back in the game. They chip their way back in, and we saw that today. You know, they cut to six, and you know that that tough three from Dos Santos, who, who really struggled this game. But uh, yeah, you know that really that really shot him out of, out, out of this one. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think they don't have the offensive firepower to to really uh, gauge them that way. And I think that's why we see more. It's crazy as it sounds like defensive runs than offensive runs. Like we, they went on a stretch. Um, I, I don't know the exact number specifically, but something. It's more than ten. They 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 had so many consecutive possessions in a row, or they had like fifteen out of sixteen defensive um, series that they won and didn't allow a bucket. Something like that down a stretch, which kind of uh, powered them. I'll have to look at the numbers. I could be off by a couple, but. Um, you don't see that on the offensive side. You you have faith for their defense to get stops and, and cause droughts, but on the flip side, their offense does go through droughts as well. Um, this here, going back to Twitter really quickly, uh, this tweet coming in, uh, let me see, it might be a conversation. I, I want to gauge it from the top here. Um, in response to um, 915 Sun City uh, tweeting this, I don't think Golding is a bad coach. Uh, we read this one earlier, but in response to that, uh, Rip City Trades replied, Probably not bad, but not good either. Can you recall a game where coaching got the job done? Hell, they are struggling with free throws all year long. Their offense has no structure. The mass exodus was bad last season and will continue to hurt. Gave up way too many threes. Um, and that's a reply from uh, Rip City Trades to the tweet regarding um, uh 915 Sun City saying, I don't think Golding's a bad coach. I think CUSA is very good basketball league. Um, UTEP is just realizing the recruiting can't cut it. So um, that's all on Twitter. Feel free to check it out. Just going down the list here, trying to find some more tweets before we uh, wrap things up. We do have a couple of awards to give out. We have um, the Hot Hand um, Award, and then we also have Player of the Game. And uh, we'll start off here. The Hot Hand of the Game is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Keep your home comfortable. 
year-round with Wind Supply El Paso. Visit them online at windsupplyelpaso.com. So we'll have that award in a bit, and then we'll also bring you the player of the game. And I want to let you know the player of the game is brought to you by Keats Southwest. They are the industry leaders in metal stamping since 1958. Learn more online at keatssw.com. So uh, that's what we have coming up here in a bit. Just uh, grazing through the um, uh, just grazing through the Twitter sphere here, trying to find anything else. If you have some more tweets, hit us up at 600 ESPN El Paso, and uh, we'll get your tweet. Keep it clean, of course. Um, I, I could read, so I, I know what not to say. <laughs> um, I'll abbreviate it if need be. Um, looking at these tweets here, there's Michael Cuviello as well. Uh, shout out to Mike Cuviello. Uh, Got to give a big, big shout out to him. And um, this stemming. Uh, from earlier today, uh, tonight rather, about 30 minutes ago, Johnny Byers letting us know, um, I'd expect Mario McKinney to enter the transfer portal. And then Cuviello responds with his track record. He'll probably be entering uh, the lower division portal. So that's on Twitter. Um, looking up some more tweets here. Uh, man, so, so many things. And I thought it was... I thought it was kind of light, but I was missing the all of these tweets here. Um, yeah, matter of fact, since uh, since we're on it, I do see that we have somebody on the line, and it looks like it's George on line one. George, uh, let me go ahead and punch you on here. Let's make sure that we get him on. I'm new to the, this board. There we go. George, my man, you're in on Minor Talk. How's it going? What's up, Sam? What's up? What's Taking care of that. Of the top, uh, Adrian and, and Catholics are away. I like it, bro. I like it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, when the, what do they say? When the cat's away, the mice will play. That's what we're doing here. We're just having fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I was at the game today. And okay. I, one of the things I noticed, uh, I just see this team with lackluster. They're, they're very, they look defeated. They look, they look, uh, they just don't look. Enthusiastic, they don't look, they're in the game uh, at points, but when you're when you're tight and you're and you're playing weight that you're gonna miss a shot or weight that you're gonna make the wrong pass or I think mm-hmm. I don't see the fun, I don't see the, the the tenacity that they had early in the season. And I think it's hard on them, you know, going on, on that big of a stretch, losing, I think it's easier <laughs> And uh, and as as a fan, you know, I totally get it. But I mean, you, you're a fan. You're a fan. Win or yeah. lose, bro. I mean, what thing is, Golden is doing everything he can, but that's not translating to to wins, right? But you know, these kids, they're our kids. You know, they they're young men, and when when uh, when you when you get used to losing, you know, it, it just sort of comes natural. And, and and you defeat yourself by second guessing yourself, and I think this this team needs to really look at look at each other, look at look at uh, what they're doing, and see if there's any way you can find a positive and move forward. What do you think, Sal? Yeah, and, and you bring up some great points right there, uh, mentioning the um, the aspect, right? Like, hey, worried if I miss a shot going to go to the bench, worried if I make the wrong pass, going to go to the bench, uh, because we've seen some glimpses of what this team can be on offense. Like, defensively, I think they have it stamped. They know where to be. I don't want to say they can play with their eyes closed on defense. Obviously, we saw what happened tonight, uh, you know, allowing the number of threes that they did, but um, I obviously, I think they play more comfortable on defense, but how much of it on offense, the the struggles this year, you mentioned the the mental aspect, but if you had to kind of like, you know, go what, what I'm thinking of, like a spectrum, right? If there's a spectrum or like a balance meter, um, how much of it is mental or how much of it do you think is just them not having that offensive ability to uh, to be respectable on the court? Well, I mean, you have to think about uh, not only that, but somebody's got to come up. Somebody's got to. Uh, be that guy that's going to step up and, and, and show leadership. And I think that's what they like. They like somebody to be a leader and, 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 and say and, speak and and hold everybody accountable on the court. You know, not only uh, coach, but each other. they got to hold each other accountable. And, you know, it just goes to show 
that that they're not there. They're 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 just so used to losing, and 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 that's what they that's the outcome they're expecting, and that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna get. But if, if they can, you know, listen to each other and say, you know what, I'm gonna play for you, and I'm gonna go out there and have some fun. Stop worrying about whether the shot's gonna go in, and just play, man. Just go out there and play. That's all you gotta do, and everything's gonna fall in line. You know, I'm a strong believer in that. Yeah, no, good, good stuff, George. And also, too, before, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think a part of it is mental, and I think it's been that way for a large part of the year. But but also at the same time, too, I, I think we've seen um, the peak of what this team on offense can be. So I'm not expecting them to go out there and, and drop 70 night in and night out. If they do, it's it's probably something bad. If, if they drop 70, the other team might have 80 or something. But um, on that note, though, I, I think if they clean up some of the things, right, taking care of the ball better, um, you know, just making a couple more threes. You don't need to be extraordinary from three, but one for 15 isn't going to cut it if you're – and numbers-wise, I know they lost by nine, but realistically, the game would be a bit different um, in the final minute if they would have made, you know, just a couple more threes. The game's in a closer reach. So if they clean up some of those things, then they have the game right in their wheelhouse around that 60-point mark. That's where I think it's manageable. But uh, with, with you being at the game, George, when when the Miners were rallying back uh, down from 18 and, and clawing in, I, I think it got to within six. Um, as, as far as the crowd and just the, the momentum and the energy – did you feel like they had a chance to, to overcome at what was at that point a six-point deficit? Or did you kind of expect, um, you know, a collapse or a drought within the final couple minutes? You know, uh, it, 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 it actually, the collapse happened before that, and they did rally back somewhat. But I think that's, that's, the, that, that's what they're, they're, they're accustoming themselves to. Is mm-hmm. you know we're gonna we're gonna rally back, but then there, there there's a drought and when there's a drought and nobody scores, nobody steps up and mm-hmm. and nobody uh, even goes after the 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 big guy that already had four fouls and and drive in there and at least attempt to foul him out. You know then you know it, it's like it, it puts a crowd out of it, and mm-hmm. I think they they've gotten so used to losing that it's just become second nature. And that's, it's a hard thing to overcome. When, when you're used to losing, winning, is it, it seems obsolete, you know? You just said you tend to, to shoot yourself in the foot more times than, than any. Yeah. And, and I think that, that's where this team is, is, is they really have to look into themselves and say, you know what, are we tired of losing? And if we are, we're going to put forth some some of our effort into doing something about it because it can be fun. I mean, they are abysmal at times, but when they let the game flow, they are unstoppable. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen this team. And honestly, Sal, I'm a diehard, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I would never give up on this team, regardless win or lose. Uh, it, it, you have to, the key to this whole thing is these are young men. These are, these are still boys that are that are growing up and, and, and losing is is really hard on them and their confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think we should give them, you know, a little bit more leeway in the in that sense, you know, because we're up on them when they're winning, but when they're losing, oh my God, you know, let's 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 just give up on them. And, and I don't think that's fair, you know, mm-hmm. because they're out there trying. I I I think they should try harder. But I mean, granted, they're not they're not as talented offensively. But I mean, if they let the game flow in a better way, I, I think they can they can accomplish a lot. Definitely, good good stuff, George. We uh we appreciate you calling in. Good points there, and I. And I... I like what he said at the end right there. I mentioned like you let the game flow because a, a lot of, you know, these shrouds or, or, you know, stretches of, of poor play uh, that I've noticed, I think it's come from like forcing things and trying to turn the game into um, a game that you're not adept. To. You don't adapt well and, and they're not adept at playing, you know, a, a shooter style game and that's a good point right there that he brings up because a lot of these droughts, they're chucking up these shots but it's like that that's not who you are. 
Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that too. Sometimes, you know, they, their offense is just, it's not there. Maybe they try and force it too much. And maybe that's what he means. Like, just let the game flow. Let yeah. it come to you. Let the shot come to you. Don't force up something that you don't, you know, necessarily think is going to go away. You're just putting it up to put it up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he said, he said something that really stuck out to me. And it was just like, you know, this team has kind of come accustomed to losing and that, you know, maybe we need to be a little easier on them. But at the same time, we kind of got to stop making those types of excuses for them, right? Because last year, you know, when, when last year's team, you know, they went to Charlotte, they took that loss and everything just seemed like it was falling, right? Everything seemed yeah. like it was falling down. They go to Old Dominion and they're, they're down by, by about seven with about a minute left and everything just seems bad. And at that point, that team could have, you know, maybe come accustomed to losing, but they didn't, right? They rebounded from yep. it. They were mentally strong. They stayed within it. And part of that is, one, they had the talent to do stuff like that. And we kind of have to accept that, hey, this team just isn't as talented as we thought they were. And it's going to be tough for them to win a lot of games because when, you, when, you're, when you're shooting 1 of 15 from deep, I mean, you're just not going to win a lot of games in this game, in this day of age. Yeah, and, and looking at the talent last year, now I'm not going to compare, so to speak. Obviously, it's a different team, and it's, it's not fair at all. But... Um, you brought up the talent aspect and look at Jamal Bienemy, pro player now, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, overseas had, had some good uh, some good looks. Um, also to Keontae Kennedy, Memphis, Sule Boom, Xavier, Titus Verhoeven. I can't remember where he went, but I know it's a, a Division One team. Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, there we go. Matter of fact, uh, I was doing some score updates while I'm at it. I can't remember the uh, the Northwestern score. I, I think they played Ohio State, and they were beating Ohio State at that point. I'll, um, I'll try to find that score in a bit here just because it, it popped out to me. And, of course, uh, yeah, they, they wound up beating Ohio State. Uh, oh, granted, Ohio State's not that good this year, but 69-63. Um, that's a whole other thing, though. Uh, but looking down the roster, a lot of um, you know transfers or, or guys who went on to um, – if you want to put it this way, I guess bigger and better things. So um, that stands out big time. And uh, no, shout out to George for the phone call here. We're, we're going to be winding things down. Um, but before we close things out, we're going to look at some of the numbers here so we can give away some awards. And um, we'll start off here. We have the hot hand of the game. And a hot hand of the game is brought to you by Wind Supply. Keep your home comfortable year round with Wind Supply El Paso. Visit them online at Wind Supply El Paso. And looking at it here, uh, you and I were discussing this earlier, Zay. Um, I have somebody in mind. If you have to pick a winner for a hot hand of the game, who's your hot hand of the game? Uh, I'm going to go with Tay Hardy. You know, he had a very solid game from the field, and uh, he was he was more efficient than he is in, in games past. You know, he had 12 points, went 5-9 uh, mm-hmm. from, from the field, 1-3 from 3, 1-1 from field, uh, from the from the stripe, and uh, he just had an efficient game. It was it was not anything wild, but he was very efficient, and he got he got some good buckets. Yeah, and, you know, when, when we talk about what kind of um, – uh, halts this team from from success the, the things we mentioned right away are threes and uh threes and freeze and, and tees turnovers <laughs> right if we want to put it that way uh one for one from the stripe um as you mentioned so 100 percent there i know it's only a shot but um aside from that just under 500 um over 500 at five for nine uh overall 12 points and no turnovers to his credit and a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot no turnovers, so that's a big, big performance there. I agree wholeheartedly. Tay Hardy, the uh, the hot hand of the game, and uh, the hot hand of the game is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Keep your home comfortable year-round with WindSupplyElPaso.com. You can visit them online, the website, WindSupplyElPaso.com. Up next, the big one here, player of the game. I... I have it in my mind here uh player of the game who are we rolling with zay we're rolling with calvin solomon just an amazing game from him he had 16 points four of eight from the field but the thing that stuck out to me is eight of nine from the stripe very efficient game from him uh uh from that aspect of the game you know he struggled at times from the free throw line but he showed hey i hit the free throws when i'm needed to Mm -hmm. he also added six rebounds three assists and 
Two steals, so just an all-around great game from Calvin Solomon. Yeah, big, big impact, and uh, that is the player of the game. Calvin Solomon, 16 points, 8 for 9 from the stripe. Uh, six boards led the uh, the team here in rebounding, and um, also in assists as well with uh, with three assists to his credit. So uh, good stuff from Calvin Solomon. He and uh, Calvin Solomon, he is your player of the game, and it's brought to you by Keats Southwest. They are the industry leaders in metal stamping since 1958, and you can learn more online at KeatsSW.com. Once again, KeatsSW.com. Player of the game, Calvin Solomon. And uh, looks like that's going to wrap it up here, Zay. The Miners falling at home to Charlotte. Uh, before we close things up, kind of just peeking ahead here. I had the schedule right in front of me. Let me load this back up. Uh, let's see. I know they have UTSA <laughs> on the road. Give me one moment. I have the women's uh, standings up right here, and I should have used a different tab. I'm, I'm not using Google Chrome right um, at this moment, but here we go. Looking at the schedule ahead. UTSA on the road, not at home, my bad. They are on the road at UTSA. That one is at 2 o'clock. Of course, you can catch it right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. That one on Saturday. So we'll have the um, uh, the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to tip off at at 1.30 when it comes to it. And actually, let me do this here because I don't know if they have it set up on on Mountain Time or not. But for uh, UTEP, they'll be taking on UTSA. And that's correct. Yeah, 2 o'clock. So Longhorn Distributing Countdown to tip off at 1.30. You and I will be running Minor Talk again, running, um, you know, high-low, Princeton offense, whatever it is. (laughs) We got it right here, triple-double action. So, uh, yeah, UTEP at UTSA Saturday, 2 o'clock. And uh, Minor Talk right after. Afterwards, but just kind of going, um, you know, through the schedule here. After that, uh, they'll be taking on some monsters. Uh, these two teams had a great game in double overtime. First is UAB. Congratulations. After that, they got North Texas. Congratulations. Then they got the Florida road trip. They're at FIU, and then they got FAU. Um, FIU, we mentioned them, um, 500, but if I'm not mistaken, I think it was fifth place in, in Conference USA. So um, good stuff from them. Florida Atlantic, we know what they are, the beast that they are. Then they close it out against Western and um, and Middle Tennessee. So that's a peek ahead at your uh, UTEP men's basketball schedule. Uh, just to kind of, um, I guess, not do a straightaway prediction, but – um, what are your keys for a win uh, to defeat UTSA? They are the team that's the last in Conference USA, but on the other side, Miner's not that successful on the road. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we could say. Hey, you got to do this to win. You got to do that to win. But to me, the big thing is just mentally. Like George said, you know, you got to stay grounded. You got to stay together. You got to make sure that hey, winning isn't a isn't a thing that you want to get accustomed to. And hey, they might be getting accustomed to. I mean, losing isn't a thing that you want to get yeah. accustomed to. And they might be getting accustomed accustomed to it now. So just remember, hey, we can beat these guys. We beat them before, and. um just come in and play a game. Let it flow. Let it. Let the game come to you. Don't don't try and and try too hard offensively. I think that's something that they they've they've done in uh, games past. And uh, when it comes to the other games, that you you could say, hey, you know, UAB's a loss. North Texas is a loss. Plur- the Florida road trip. I don't think I remember the last time UTEP went on the Florida road trip. It was it was a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. You know, mm-hmm. with COVID and everything, they haven't been to Florida in a while. So we'll see how that affects them. But just just stay together. Keep this team intact. Yeah. Make sure nothing crazy like like McKinney's suspension. Who you know, Joe Golding said he doesn't know if he's going to play in a minor uniform ever again in the post game. So, you know, keep everything together. Stay together as a yeah. team, and uh, make sure make sure you just get through this. Yeah, and, and not to be uh, generic or anything, but what's the saying, right? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> Obviously, we, we know um, everybody has their expectations of a team, but um, ultimately, just closing it out on a on a good note, I mean, just kind of getting that vibe from everybody that they've kind of checked out. If you could string along some wins and, uh, you know, give a little bit of hope going into next year, I think that might, might speak some volumes. Uh, one more tweet to read. This uh, from Joe Chacon um, tweeting us, looking back, did the players um, leaving last year know that if they stayed, they might have known from what Golding was showing them wouldn't work well? Uh, work well? Last year's team was way more offensive. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know too much about that. I, I don't buy too much into it. I think... Um, those guys were just um, some beasts on offense. I mean, Sule Boom is in a whole 
whole other world. Also, too, I think you look at the offers that were made. Um, I think it goes far beyond Joe Golding, right? You're looking at Xavier, who is uh, one of the top teams, you know, when it comes to the conference um, out there. So he's, he's killing it, Sule Boom. And then uh, you look at Keontae Kennedy as well, Memphis. I mean, Memphis is a, is a national name as well. So it's kind of hard to compete um, with, with the likes of those guys, Northwestern and the um, in the Big Ten, which is really like the Big 15 because <laughs> of <laughs> how many teams they have. But uh, no, that that's pretty much going to do it right here on Minor Talk. Uh, we appreciate you all listening in, sending us your tweets. You can catch the um the podcast up we'll have it uploaded uh, let me rephrase this we'll submit it not long after the uh not long after the broadcast we'll have it submitted so honestly once we submit it it's out of our hands you could catch it anywhere from like maybe 10 minutes or 150 minutes i have no idea but it's going to be up there follow us on all of your streaming services whether it be um apple Podcasts, spotify any streaming service you use, uh, we'll we'll have the podcast up there. It's Minor Talk. Uh, feel free to check us out. And uh, one more thing too, um, with the um, the minors, uh, the men's game we previewed it against UTSA. The women at home on Saturday as well, one o'clock. Um, Zay, will will you be out there covering the women's game? No, I'm gonna be in here. I'm gonna. I got. I got my first official shift at KLAQ okay. that day. So. All right. Nice. You know, I'm nice. Gonna be, I'm gonna be here. You know, missing out that game, but you know, I'm excited for the for the for the shift. There we go. That that's what it's all about. And uh, also, too, want to give a big big shout out to Mondo the Monster Medina. Does a great great job on the calls, and um, that was pretty cool seeing the uh, the Jackson shot uh, circulate all over social media, and then uh, <laughs> listening to it and she makes it. I was like, let's go right now. Let's go. I felt like Mondo hit that shot too. So uh, I love the monster. Uh, but yeah, with um, with that, we're gonna wrap things up right here on Minor Talk. Want to remind you as well, uh, Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency for home, auto, and life insurance needs. Visit OscarArietaAgency.com. That's uh, that's pretty much it right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. We're going to wrap up Minor Talk. We will have the men's basketball game um, pregame starting at 1.30 on Saturday. Zay will be in the other room. I'm going to keep him out of the room because uh, um, if you know if there's some bad vibes, we want the, the bad luck in here. I'm, no, I'm just joking with you, man. Great job as always. Congratulations again and um, really, really happy for you. I'm proud of you, man. Welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm so excited to be officially part of the team and uh, we'll see what happens Saturday. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, you've been listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Once again, the UTEP men uh, falling at home to Charlotte 62-53. to We'll be back at it on Saturday right after uh, the uh, the locker room report uh, from the Miners and the Roadrunners men's basketball game. That's going to do it for us, for UTEP Zay. For myself, for uh, 600 ESPN El Paso, you've been listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.